Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the shades of cool to my Brooklyn baby, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're going to be talking about... That's a that's an ultra-violence uh, reference to those um, not hip enough to read the million think pieces online at O'Reilly Online. We're going to be talking about uh, ultra-violence. Uh, we, have, we have a stack show today, man. I'm happy to be back from Bonnaroo. We, I taped a, a Bonnaroo podcast down in Tennessee. Um, you weren't part of it. It was the first Pop Shop podcast that you weren't part of. I missed you, man. Like, I, I, I heard, like... You know, I was waiting for that charts out of the week music and it never came. It was, you know, a little heartbreaking, but now you're back. Yes. <laughs> no, and no, boy, no, do no I have a charts out of the week. I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> We're going to get right to it. Let's start the... I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we got a lot to get to. As I said, um, Jack White has a number one album. Fancy is still number one. Um, we have a, uh, just a showdown for next week's Billboard 200 albums chart. We have Lana Del Rey, Sam Smith, Linkin Park, Jennifer Lopez, all to talk about, as well as an interview with UK boy group sensation. I'm not going to call them boy band. Um, I guess boy group is not even better than boy band. I guess it's the same thing. Male band, uh, the vamps, the vamps stopped by the pop shop podcast. They were just here about an hour ago. Um, we recorded an interview with them, so you will hear that later in the show. Um, Keith, you ready to go, man? Uh, yes. All right. Well, you're, um, you're, you're overflowing with, um, vocabulary today. So, uh, Jack White, Lazaretto is number one on our Billboard 200 albums chart. It is the only new debut in the top 10, um, and uh, Keith, I, I, you are so excited about this album debut, and can you tell our listeners why uh, yeah. Jack White I, has like, really piqued your interest? Like you, I, I to those listening, Keith, like you know, excitedly IMing me this morning, like oh Jack White, oh, we got to talk about. So go for it, man, all you. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yes. So Jack White's Lazaretto album debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. It's his second number one album. It sold 138,000 copies in its first week, actually sold a little bit more in its first week than Jack White's previous number one, uh, his first solo album, Blunderbuss, back in 2012. What's the really cool thing about this debut is that 40,000 copies of the new album were sold on vinyl LP. 
Uh, and 40,000 is actually the biggest sales week for a vinyl album in the history of Nielsen SoundScan, which dates back to 1991. Uh, so for a, a format of music consumption that most people really don't buy anymore. It's pretty astounding that someone was able to sell 40,000 copies of a vinyl album. Um, and that actually beats the previous uh, biggest week um, in the SoundScan era, as we call it, um, back in 1994, when Pearl Jam's Vitalogy album um, sold 34,000 uh, vinyl LPs in its first week. And what was really unique about that particular project was that Vitalogy was released on vinyl LP first, before it was on CD and cassette. Uh, it was actually on vinyl for two weeks before it came out on CD and cassette because Pearl Jam were just so into the idea of um, putting out a vinyl album, they wanted to do something special with it and put it out first, uh, which is kind of similar to what Jack White did with his new album. Um, he's a big vinyl geek and has been extolling the virtues of vinyl and sort of the sort of the retroness of it all, and that has been carried over to this album. And he put out what he calls a um, ultra LP of Lazaretto, which is a really sort of tricked out vinyl album. It it, it plays at three different speeds because a vinyl album can play at multiple speeds. Um, most long playing albums, LPs, LP, get it, long playing, uh, play at 33 and a third. Um, and this particular album plays at 33 and a third, 45 and 78. Um, there are hidden tracks on the album and you figure, well, how can you actually hide a track on a vinyl LP? You do so by hiding the track underneath the actual paper uh, label in the middle of the record. And then you think, well, how can I actually play this? Because you're not seeing the vinyl. No, actually the paper itself plays like you put your needle on the paper and it plays a hidden track. Um, and there's, it goes on and on. There's all these bells and whistles and he's, um, gone on and on about it. Um, rightfully so in his press interviews recently uh, when he was on Conan O'Brien's show and the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon, he uh, talked about the vinyl album and all the cool things about it. So clearly people were motivated by how cool this thing appears. And that turned into 40,000 sales, which is the biggest week for a vinyl album since 1991. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, you're not much of a vinyl fan, are you, Jason? No, I, I am. You know, listen, I, I have a, I have a steadily growing collection, but it's just, I, I say incredible because first of all, the 40,000, uh, copies of vinyl is, is incredible. It, but I also say incredible because I feel like a, a stat like this makes you go in. It's almost like, you know, like game six, Michael Jordan, like this is your time to shine as our chart expert. Like, look, like really breaking down all the bells and whistles of like a, like a really fascinating chart stat like this. Like this is you going in, this is you going ham. The, um, <laughs> well, I, I, to, to sort of, to, to get across the idea of, of, of what, typical vinyl albums sell nowadays. Typically, the top-selling vinyl album of the week will sell a couple thousand copies. You know, for example, last week, the top-selling vinyl album, um, well, the week before last, was a reissue of Led Zeppelin's first album, and it sold about 4,000 copies. A really big vinyl release could do, you know, over 10,000. The Black Keys' Turn Blue did 11,000 vinyl LPs in its first week. Yeah. Arcade Fire's Reflector did 15,000. Daft Punk had a really big week 
um, a year ago when Random Access Memories came out, and it did 19,000. And that was actually the biggest week for a vinyl album since Pearl Jam. Um, so we've seen vinyl have a resurgence in like the past five, six, seven years, and vinyl album sales continue to grow each year, as we see you know, with Record Store Day and things like that, where, where yeah. a lot of albums are coming out on vinyl that would have never come out on vinyl before. Um, but Jack White has really taken it to sort of the next level. And, and I was joking with someone this morning about how, oh, are there going to be more sort of vinyl albums coming out now, a la Jack White? And, you know, I don't think it will really work for everyone because yeah. Jack White is to vinyl what Beyonce's Beyonce was with iTunes. You know, it was kind of a moment in time with a very specific, unique artist. And not everyone's going to be able to pull a Beyonce. And I don't think anyone's going to really necessarily be able to pull a Jack White because Jack White is so... Uh, connected to vinyl in a very unique way. Well, it's also it also deals with you know uh, the the love and care that Jack White put into this vinyl release. Yes, like it, it just takes time. It's it they put this Lazaretto vinyl together painstakingly, and not a lot of people are not a lot, lot of artists and labels are going to want to do that. Yeah, no, um, it, it would require I no think point. too much yeah. investment in time and and interest, and I don't think a lot of artists and labels really have that sort of interest. And 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 um, so anyway, I could go on and on about this. There's a there's a great video on YouTube that Jack White and his record label Third Man put out, um, and it's basically uh, him sort of describing to you how the vinyl LP works and like what's on the vinyl LP, and um, it's on Third Man's YouTube channel. You should go check it out. Um, and that's, I'll stop talking now about vinyl. <laughs> we should have a, an all vinyl podcast one day. Oh man, I could go talk about in, that for a while. Be like, <laughs> all right. So moving on to the hot 100, um, fancy is still number one. Um, I, I wanted to check in with you about fancy still being number one. We haven't really discussed the hot 100 in a couple weeks. Last week we had the ask the pop shop podcast. Um, and we have the Bonnaroo podcast, so we haven't really discussed the Hot 100. There's not that much action this week on the chart at the top of the chart, but um, I wanted to ask you, Keith, Problem by Ariana Grande is still number two, Fancy still number one. Um, could Problem overtake Fancy, or is or could something else overtake Fancy? What What's going on in in our chart world? Well, right now, in terms of, in terms of the, the number of actual um, points that those songs have uh, fancy is still quite a bit ahead of problem and then problem itself is quite a bit ahead of the number three song which is the hard charging rude by magic which jumps seven to three on the hot 100 this week so you know um, magic actually gains by gosh like nine thousand points on the hot 100 uh, if it continues to gain at the rate that it's gaining it could be the next number one single um, wow so, uh, because both Problem and Fancy are declining in overall points, um, though they're still gaining in airplay, their sales are slipping. So, you know, Magic has a shot uh, in the next few weeks. So, um, that's that's what I'm seeing right now at the top of the Hot 100 chart. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's fascinating to me. Um, really? Is also, it fascinating to you? Really? It's very fat. It's, it's <laughs> almost as fascinating as... The history of vinyl sales in the past 10 years. Oh, it's, you. <laughs> Let's just talk no, about DJ Snake and Little John. Fine. Oh, Keith. Um, so a little bit lower on the Hot 100. Um, we have a new debut at number 26. Hangover by Psy. Psy is back. 
Gangnam Style never goes out of style. Uh, Hangover debuts at number 26, features Snoop Dogg. Um, also in the top 30 now is uh, Nicki Minaj's Pills and Potions. You point out it moves 43 to 24. So yep. it looks like Nicki Minaj has a uh, another hit on her hands. Um, it's just a couple weeks old that, it, that it's been out. But this is the uh, the first look at her third album, and it's it's performing well. It is. Um, do you have anything uh, to add on either of those songs, <laughs> Hangover, Pills and Potions? Here's your chance, Keith. Talk about them. Go um, ahead. Well, yeah, no, Pills and Potions has a big gain this week because, um, well, it's actually across, it's, it's up across the board. Um, in airplay streaming and sales, but it had a really, really big gain video, in, yeah. in, in streaming this week because of the video. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably see it uh, level off a little bit next week. So it could drop down the chart. You know, don't panic. Uh, it'll probably move back up. Um, so in terms of though, size hangover uh, featuring Snoop Dogg, yeah. uh, as you said, it debuts at 26. That's mostly driven by the streams of the video. Um, it has very little airplay and very little sales um so again like most of well the other two previous psi hits uh, gentlemen and gangnam style they were driven largely by uh, sales and streams especially for gentlemen yeah. gentlemen was mostly just streams i think when gangnam style came out we didn't have youtube streams on the chart yet I could be wrong. It, no, you, you're right. It, it didn't hit number one because of that. It was number two yeah. for a while behind um, Maroon 5. Yeah, Maroon 5. Yeah. One More Night, I think, um, uh, which people often criticize as saying Gangnam Style is incredibly more memorable than One More Night. I'm like, well, it's, it's just the way the chart is sometimes. Um, it's interesting that Psy, though, has yet to actually chart an album on the Billboard 200 chart. Um, he's now had three top 40 hits and no album on the album chart and i guess that just sort of speaks to sort of the you know his sort of concept as an artist and how we may never actually see an album from him i don't know did he say that he was going to have an album did you watch that interview he's, that we did well with him? no he's he said that an album is coming for literally years um so, so we'll see we'll see if if hangover is the lead single to an album that is coming but yeah for thus far the focus has only been on releasing singles. You know, he's, he's doing just fine by releasing those singles and making a ton of money off of them. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we will keep an eye on Hangover as well as Pills and Potions. So, Keith, let's get to the big topic of the week, which is uh, Super Tuesday was this Tuesday, June 17th. It's a, it's a particularly stacked week for albums. You have Lana Del Rey come out. You have Jennifer Lopez, Sam Smith... Linkin Park, you have Dead Mouse, you have Tiesto. So, Keith, before we talk about each one individually, I wanted to ask you, why is this such a stacked sales week? Is the is it normally like is the third is it something about the third weekend of June that just happens to mean that big albums are coming out? I, I wish I had a really great answer for you, <laughs> but I don't. Um it's it's a fluke of the calendar. Um, you know, sometimes albums come out closer to Father's Day, you know, with a particular focus on getting, you know, dads to to purchase stuff around the holiday. But Father's Day was this past weekend, so that doesn't really count. Um, you know, it's it's just a lot of it's it's just how the calendar works sometimes. I would love to have a real answer for you, but I don't. Um okay. so yeah, there I mean I know 
looking at this schedule, uh, I know that if uh, we haven't gotten into the sales projections yet, but it's one of those things where when you look at a week like this and you think, hmm, if only one of these acts had come out a week or two before or a week or two after or the week before, the week after, you could have had less competition and more chances for a number one album for some of these folks. Um, I can talk about the projections now if you'd like me to. Well, yeah, I, I just think it's interesting because you, you do have, it, it just seems like kind of a coincidence. I remember this week last year was the whole Kanye West, J. Cole showdown. Right, uh, and, and um, the other rapper, Mac Miller. Mac Miller, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's get to it, Keith. Uh, what are the sales projections for these big albums? So, uh, yeah, the, the, the big winner of the week looks to be Lana Del Rey. Um, her ultraviolence album could do maybe like 175, 1E, somewhere around there, which should easily be number one. Um, Sam Smith um, should be number two with his uh, debut album in The Lonely Hour, um, somewhere around, I think, 150, could be a little bit higher maybe. Um, and then Linkin Park should be the third biggest debut uh, with their new album, and it might do somewhere between 100 to 110,000. Um, which would give us three albums that would sell over a hundred thousand. Um, and that would be the first time this year that that's happened. Um, and that, there you go. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> it's very yeah. sad. That's very, that's a very sad stat for the state of the music. It, industry. Well, it's, 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 again, it's a sad stat in terms of just sort of sales, but we know that people listen to music, you know, more than ever. It's just oh, people yeah, are course. getting music in different ways. And so, um, it's all about the consumption of music, not necessarily the selling of it. Um, so that said, um, after that, we get to some of the other folks that you talked about. Um, um, Dead Mouse, uh, J-Lo, uh, Willie Nelson, which you didn't mention, but, yeah. I'm men- but I'm mentioning Willie. Willie's back. Yeah, all of them might be in the like 25 to 35 range, actually. Dead okay. Mouse is like maybe like 25 to 30. Willie Nelson might be 30 to 35. So will Jennifer Lopez with her new album. Um, it, it is sort of interesting that, you know, um, there's this sort of large discrepancy between the perception of a superstar and a superstar selling music, because I think some people might kind of blink at the Jennifer Lopez forecast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let, let's start there. Yeah. Um, because it does kind of feel like a changing of the guard a little bit this week. You, you say that, you know, Lana Del Rey and Sam Smith are probably going to be number one and number two. And then lower, uh, you have Linkin Park, I mean, might still sell 100,000, which is which is, is strong, but it's not what they're used to. And they're, then, they're on the downward slide. As, yeah, with this, as with this album, say. yeah. And then you have Jennifer Lopez's AKA. So let's talk about this really quickly. At, you know, between 25,000 and 35,000, for JLo is, you know, is, is a disappointment. And is, is this a symptom of just lacking a hit? I mean, first love isn't in, you know, the top 20. Um, I love you, Poppy, a song I love. And I love that video. I love, well, you love the video. I love the song. Um, it, it, it never took off really. So, so let's talk about this, Keith. Um, what, I mean, what, what's going on here? Well, I mean, Basically, Jennifer Lopez has not been a huge music star in quite some time. Um, she is a entertainment star. 
She's a pop culture star. But in terms of just being solely focused on music, she hasn't been a huge star in a while. And, and um, you know, I, 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 I say that trying to make sure that people understand that she is still a huge entertainment figure. Um, you know, obviously she's a uh, fashion icon. She has lots of brand endorsement deals. She's a producer of TV shows. She's, you know, she's all over the place. You know, she's a Billboard icon. You know, we gave her an icon award at this year's Billboard Music Awards. But in terms of just pure music sales, it's not so much there anymore. She still, though, racks up lots of clicks on YouTube um, yeah. with video views. Um, she has one of the biggest videos ever with on the floor um, that came out a number of years ago with Pitbull. Um, Even though the album that it came from wasn't a huge album, that song itself was a big hit Um, and she can still sell out uh, shows. She did her first big sort of tour a while back. um, And she said in our billboard interview that that sort of gave her, I think more confidence in her live um, entertaining skills and her live concert skills that she didn't really think that she had necessarily. And she's like, well, I guess I can do arena shows on my own. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, to, just to interrupt you. Yeah. As you mentioned on the floor was a massive hit and still the album that it came from love question mark. I, I pronounce it as love. love? Um, it, I, I think it debuted with something around like 83,000 copies. Yeah. It, uh, it started with 83,000, which was actually an improvement over the debut of her previous album, which was Brave, in 2007. Yeah. Um, and that was all tied to the fact that she had this huge, huge hit with On the Floor, um, yeah. which peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it was on the chart for 29 weeks. It's It sold millions of downloads. Huge. But that was really her last big, huge, across-the-board hit single. And that was in 2011, which really wasn't all that long ago. But she doesn't have a hit from this new album. And that is directly correlating to how this new album is only going to sell thirty to 35000 There just isn't a hit to drive it. Yeah, and I, I mentioned the whole on-the-floor uh, album stat because just to say that even with a hit, it's not like she's a huge album presence or at least hasn't been in, um, you know, in recent history. So... Jennifer Lopez, uh, a.k.a. Um, on, the, uh, on the brighter side, uh, Lana Del Rey, again, aiming for her first number one album with Ultraviolence. Um, and it's interesting because Lana Del Rey is another artist like Jennifer Lopez this time around. Doesn't really have a hit single. I mean, West Coast debuted at number 17 on the Hot 100 when it was initially released. Um, there was such an excitement around it. People started, uh, you know, people downloaded it. And then it fell off the chart. Um... There seems to be more interest in Lana Del Rey as an artist and this album as, you know, a, a piece of the zeitgeist yeah. um, than an actual song. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You know, on the one hand, we talk about how Jennifer Lopez needs a hit single to sell an album. But then we look to Lana Del Rey, who does not have a hit single and does not have the same sort of like, I love you, Poppy, like viral video action. And she's not, you know, on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon singing about her tight pants like Jennifer Lopez was. Um, Lana Del Rey, though, is perceived as an album artist. And she is, I think she's perceived as sort of, you know, the music speaks for my artistry. You know, you can, it's, it's, it's that kind of vibe where, you need to buy the whole album to get the experience of Lana Del Rey. Whereas J-Lo, well, she's a visual artist. She's a this, she's a that. She's a, she's a, she's an entertainment icon. She's, you know, 
it's not about necessarily the full album. It's about a moment, whereas Lana is about the whole album. I think that's the perception. And Lana has the sort of the same sort of vibe that you would get from a rock artist where you want to get the full album experience, like from a Bruce Springsteen or something. I'm not saying Lana Del Rey is Bruce Springsteen, but they're kind of walking and talking in the same way. And I think I think I think that's a correct way to look at it, you know? Yeah. I totally agree with your point that Lana Del Rey is Bruce Springsteen. I think that's a, a really interesting. <laughs> that's the next no, double but, bill. Bruce and Lana, no. the stadium tour. <laughs> on the run but to, too. But to go back to your point, I mean, Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys produced this Lana Del Rey album. Black Keys, another artist that people feel the need to buy the whole album. They just had a number one album. And yeah, I mean, there's there's real excitement around this album. And I, I, I think um I think it's going to change a lot of you know, I, I think it. I think it's going to be. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this album influences pop music because I I do think it will influence pop music. And if this album is really just going to be a one week phenomenon, and all of her hardcore fans show up in the first week, and then there's no one to care about it afterwards. Yeah, I don't. So I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that these these good reviews are going to you know, ki- you know, keep this album on shelves for a while. Yeah. So. We'll um Quickly to touch upon Linkin Park um, again, that it'll probably be number three. So their la- they, I, I think you pointed out that their last four albums have gone number one. Yeah, um, well, Linkin Park had a really hot streak uh, for basically their entire career. Uh, <laughs> um, well, their, their last, um, their last, let's see, one, two, their last four studio albums all um, debuted at number one. Um, they've had a total of five number one albums. Um, so the fifth number one, which was not a studio album, was actually their MTV Ultimate Mashups Presents Collision Course with Jay-Z. Uh, that was a number one album back in 2004. Um, so this obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's for chart fans, it's disheartening when you see a, a cool chart streak like this break, but, you know, it happens to everyone. You can't be number one every single time, and uh, it doesn't look like they'll be number one this week. But, hey, um, when you've been in the game for as long as they have, it's okay <laughs> to be number three. <laughs> um, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Linkin Park, I mean, it just seems like, there's a, a a little bit of a lack of buzz around this album, especially compared with something like Alana Del Rey or Sam As, Smith. Yes, or Sam Smith. So Sam Smith, who was at Bonnaroo, um, I, I saw his performance on Friday afternoon. He was incredible, and you know, his album it, it's coming at a perfect time for him because not only does he have his first top ten hit with "Stay with Me," um, but "Latch" by Disclosure finally took off on the charts. "La La La" by Naughty Boy, which he you know, provides vocals for it, it. It just seems, yeah, it just seems like, again, like it, it, it almost reminds me of um, Iggy Azalea two months ago when Fancy, after a couple months, really, really started taking off just as the new classic, her album was released in April. Um, yeah. He, well, yeah. I mean, you could say though that Sam Smith has, has been percolating since that, that great Saturday night live performance where it kind of really kind of blew him out of the water. I mean, he's been working it for months now, whereas I think it seemed with Iggy, it all kind of coalesced like within like a three-week period almost. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. disagreeing with you. I'm agreeing yet adding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I would um, like to say, though, if, if all things being equal, if Sam Smith's album had come out one week earlier and sold the amount that it is forecasted to sell, it would, be number it one. would have beat yeah. Jack White and Sam Smith would have had his first number one album. And instead, he'll end up probably number two behind Lana Del Rey. Hey, 
number hey, and no, number two is nothing to uh, to cry about. Let me ask you a question, Keith, before we move on uh, to the Vamps interview. Stay with me. Is it it's still at number ten this week, or does it move up on on the Hot One Hundred? I, I don't know if you have that in front of you. Uh, well, I I do. Um, and I'm scrolling up the Hot One Hundred. Oh, it's 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 almost like I'm Casey Kasem, meaning the chart where I'm moving up the chart as a small tribute to the late Casey Kasem. Um, I'm moving up the chart, counting them down one by one as I scroll up the chart, trying to find where <laughs> Sam Smith is at. He holds at number ten this week with "Stay with Me." Indeed, number ten again. Okay, so he 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 stays at number ten. This is like this is a, this is kind of a weird question, but you know, I I heard "Stay with Me" so many times over the past week, and it, and part of that is because I was at a music festival <laughs> where Sam Smith was performing. But it's at number ten. It 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 very it kind of quickly got into the top 10 in the hot 100 do you think like do you personally think that stay with me by sam smith could be the song of the summer because i honestly i honestly am kind of getting there i'm getting to that point where it's like you know maybe it's not in the top five yet maybe it's not close to number one yet i think over the next month or so we're gonna see stay with me really make a make a run at this song of the summer crown what do you think well you know the song of the summer which we're, we're speaking of our actual chart that we have right the song of the summer chart yeah yeah um it is basically compiled from the hot 100 each week during the months of summer um it's true so if if this song turns into what his label and his marketing team would like it to turn into meaning if he is as he is being modeled he is being basically sort of sold as the male adele yeah. You know, an album about heartbreak and, you know, being lonely and, you know, going through like, you know, all this like sort of emotional drama. Um, and I say that sort of like, you know, in a wry way, but that's the way it's being marketed. If this turns into sort of a Someone Like You by Adele, you know, yeah, it has a great shot at being the song in the summer. I think um, it, it it could be, you know, sort of the next, uh, you know, sort of John Legend type ballad hit. Um, so who knows? But I think it has a great shot. I do too. I mean, it's so damn catchy, so immediate, and it just sticks with you. You you hear it once, and you're singing it all day. So I I don't know. I think it does. We'll see if my prediction is right or completely off the mark, as some of my predictions are. So, Keith, we got to get to the Vamps interviews. So the Vamps are a UK male group. They're not a boy band. I'm not going to call them a boy band. Um, and they are blowing up in the UK. They're and they're selling out shows within minutes in the US. Uh, their debut US EP, "Somebody to You," uh, is out August fifth. "Somebody to You" is the name of their single, as well uh, with Demi Lovato. It's it's doing well on YouTube. Um, they already have a top ten album out in the UK, and they're touring with Austin Mahone this summer, uh, actually next month. So yeah, it, it was great. The guys stopped into our New York office. They performed "Somebody to You." acoustically and they chatted uh, about you know their screaming fans uh what they're what fans can expect from their new music and uh, everything as uh, along with that uh somebody to you and um yeah so here are the vamps stopping by the pop shop podcast well we are here with the vamps thank you guys so much for stopping by the words pop shop podcast yeah thank you there's so much interest in you guys and you're headed over to the u.s you're touring with Austin Mahone in about a month and a half. Um, what is what has the past few months been like for you guys just experiencing this fandom and letting this new music roll out? It's been extremely surreal because mm-hmm. 
Uh, we are pretty normal. Well, we're very normal. We are normal guys. <laughs> and um, just seeing like loads of like fans come to your hotel or your meeting greets and stuff is super weird for us because a year and a half ago we were just in our attics, kind of rehearsing for our first tour. So, um, but yeah, we're super like humble and it's, it's amazing. It's really good feeling so talk to me about the fans um i've seen videos of, of you guys performing and, and people are, are legit screaming their heads off yeah. like what is what is that like and like what are what are some you know what are some things you guys notice when you're on stage that you're like whoa this is this is kind of mind-blowing um yeah it's always weird just that like the fact we just played a show in new york like a couple of days ago mm-hmm. um and and that sold out in like a couple of minutes and that's just mental that it's selling out and people are actually wanting to come to our shows um so that alone is really really crazy and then most of the time they are very loud like you say <laughs> and very screamy so cool so uh somebody to you is the single that's also the name of the ep that's coming out in the u.s in a couple months um talk to me about the song you guys uh worked with demi lovato on mm-hmm. a, a new version of it um, yeah, bring me through what that song means to you guys and what Demi's presence on that song means to you guys. I think it's quite um, a relatable and universal kind of message Message in the song, yeah. This guy, I've got Yeah, and it's just like wanting to be somebody to... Someone. That, someone, yeah, yeah. So, And I think everyone's experienced that and felt that, so hopefully... Um, people can relate and kind of when they hear the the song or the or the lyrics and uh, can kind of connect to it in some kind of way. Um, working with Demi was great because we so we were working with the same producers uh, around the same time and we knew we wanted a feature for that song. Um, and Demi was actually one of our first choices, like that came into our heads. And then luckily enough, she liked the track and. She absolutely killed the vocals on it, and yeah, she's great, man. Have you guys like spent time in the studio with her? Have you guys uh, like um, recorded that part together, or was no, it totally it was separate? Com- it was completely separate um, for both the video and the recording. But we um, we met up with her in London in a hotel, um, and that was that was really nice. It was, it was great to get to know her, and she's just really cool, and she's super busy and just like doing so well. And it's just I was kind of starstruck. Yeah, it's weird because she's like huge uh, not like in height she's quite <laughs> small actually in reality <laughs> but uh, she's no she's a bit of a superstar so it's great to have her the ep is is coming out soon um you guys are going on tour with austin mahone that's exciting you already have an album out in the uk are you focused on working on new music for an album out in the u.s is is that i mean you guys are busy enough but is is new music you know coming from you guys we're um i mean we're writing all the time but i think we're planning on kind of releasing the uk album in america kind of it's going to be the same isn't it all yeah. very okay. there might be a few might be a little tracks, bit different but uh but yeah it's something that we're looking forward to very much um and because the album's out worldwide apart from the u.s so um yes yeah we're looking to release that by the end of the year so very cool. Um, well, the Vamps, uh, thank you guys so much for uh, stopping by the, the podcast <laughs> here at Billboard. And um, yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. much. So feel free to catch the Vamps as they open for Austin Mahone later this summer and check out Somebody to You, um, a, a pop song that is really growing on me featuring Demi Lovato. So, Keith, we got to wrap up as we always do with your chart stat of the week. <laughs> Hey. Uh, hey. 
Hey, um, my chart stat of the week is about something that happened before both of us were born. Um, Because you love those chart stats of the week when I'm digging up something from, well, many, many decades earlier. Wow. So this this happened before both of us were born? Yes. Um, Though it may have happened to some of the... It could have happened while uh, some of the listeners were born. So I don't want to not include the rest of the folks. Um, On this day, June 19th uh, in 1971... Carol King's Tapestry album hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Now, why is this significant, you may ask? Well, Carol King was already an established uh, singer-songwriter and had written a lot of hits for people in the 60s. But then with this album, I believe it was her second album, uh, she broke through really big time. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, the album actually spent 15 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, um, and that remained the longest run at number one for an album by a woman through 1993 when Whitney Houston's The Bodyguard soundtrack spent uh, 20 weeks at number one. And then later, Whitney's record was broken by Adele's uh, 21, which spent 24 weeks at number one. But uh, Carol, um, that album went on to great success, not just at number one, but, you know, in terms of critically, you know, being critically acclaimed and bringing in the awards. It later won uh, the Grammy for Album of the Year. Um, Its song, uh, It's Too Late, won Record of the Year. And its song, You've Got a Friend, won Song of the Year. So it was raking in those awards, too. There is a particular distinction that it does own on the Billboard charts, by the way. It has the third longest run on the Billboard 200, period. Uh, It spent 312 weeks on the Billboard 200 chart, and it still occasionally pops onto the chart, so it still racks up those weeks. Um, And that is the longest run for an album by a woman, and again, the third longest run for any album in the history of the Billboard 200 chart. So there's your chart stat of the week about Carole King and Tapestry is your charts out of the week. Great album. My One of my mom's favorite albums of all time. If not her, maybe her favorite album of all time. It all is right, a great album. Like great, I, I bought great it for the first album. time like uh, a, a long time ago and it was just one of those, it was just one of those albums where, you know, you, you have like a list of albums like, oh, I need to get this. I need to get this. And, I got it. I'm like, good God, every one of these songs is amazing. amazing and every one of them yeah. is a hit. That's how I felt about um, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. I, I discovered that, you know, maybe like seven or eight years ago. We and should, we should like, do a, a podcast just about albums that you should own that are also <laughs> huge Billboard chart hit albums. <laughs> albums that we like that albums are Albums that we like here. All right. So, Keith, we got to wrap this up. Um, next week, we will be talking about the the albums that we just talked about and the final numbers, see how well Lana Del Rey and Sam Smith and Linkin Park did. We'll also be talking about Ed Sheeran's Multiply, which comes out next week, um, should be in for another big debut on the albums chart, as well as uh, checking in on the Hot 100. Um, the summer keeps rolling on, man. Do you have any parting words? I don't. No? Um, so we are going to go out with a cut from Carol King's Tapestry. Thank you all for listening, and take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.